Hello, I'm Casey Hobbs. And I'm Shane Mason, and we're the hosts of Nurse Talk Radio. Here's what we're talking about this week. We continue to assert that the compact purports to fix a problem that simply does not exist. Supporters of the compact claim that nurses will move freely from state to state. However, today, with the advent of technology, a nurse can currently get a license to practice nursing in Minnesota within 24 hours or less. How much easier can it be? Additionally, it has suggested that the compact will improve access to nurses during the disaster, yet this too is allowed when a state declares an emergency. That was a clip from comments made by an RN who represented a Minnesota Nurses Association at a hearing about licensure compact legislation. Ask yourself, who do you trust to make decisions about who should be allowed to practice nursing in your state? Do you trust your state's nursing board? Or would you trust an organization with little oversight and a comfy relationship with corporate sponsors such as Big Pharma? That question is central to our discussion today. The National Council of the State Boards of Nursing, known as the NCSBN, is a not-for-profit but multi-million dollar private organization promoting itself as the best entity to decide who should be licensed as a registered nurse, no matter where they live or work in the country. Most nurses know the NCSBN as the entity that administers and collects fees for the nursing exam. But the group also lobbies for other nursing regulatory initiatives and programs that advance the interests of its corporate partners, among which it counts big pharma companies such as Merck and Pfizer and global healthcare conglomerates such as Health Sciences, McKesson, and Johnson & Johnson. Today we're going to take a look at the statewide licensure compact for registered nurses and find out why what may seem like a good idea on the surface is actually a threat to the nursing standards and jeopardizes patient care. Here with us to talk about this is Michelle Mahone, Nursing Practice Specialist for National Nurses United. Michelle, welcome and thanks for being with us today. Hello, how are you? We're doing good. How are you doing? Great, great. So can you give us an overview of what the National Council of State Boards of Nursing is, how long it's been around, and how it works? Well, sure. As you mentioned, that uh, most people know the National Council as the entity that administers the licensure examination, but they're doing more than that. It started in the late 90s, and really the idea behind it was to have like one entity overseeing nursing practice in all 50 states. And it has taken them some time, but they are slowly gaining some ground. One of the things that is important to note about them is that they then adopt a, like a universal nursing practice, I guess an act, you could say, gets adopted by the states. And that Nursing Practice Act then governs nursing practice in the states that have adopted it. So now they've really taken what was in the public realm and put it into their realm. Michelle, how do nurses currently get licensed, and does renewal require continuing education credits in all states or just some of them? Well, most nurses, you know, have to go through their individual state, and they apply for licensure, and they have to meet the standards set forth to practice nursing by that state. And then they take their examination, and they become a licensed registered nurse or a licensed practical nurse. And to maintain licensure, then nurses go on, most nurses do, that they have to go on and take continuing education courses. However, with the National Council, you know, overtaking some of the standards, they're eliminating that requirement. So there are um, some states that no longer require continuing education, which, of course, we know as nurses, 
who are lifelong learners, that we, we do need to uphold that value in our profession. So let's talk about compact licensure. On the surface, it looks like a good idea, but not so fast. They clearly have some ulterior motives here. Absolutely. I mean, you can just tell by the sponsor list that it's probably no good. You know, as nurses, in our experience, when we've seen the corporate value set overtake, um, you know, various aspects of healthcare, what we lose is the human values and the and the priorities that serve our patients and, and really serve the philosophy of nursing. So when you look at putting this, taking this from the realm of public to private, it's disturbing because you start to see the degradation of the values of holding high standards. Um, you mentioned continuing education, of the assurance that there are the protections there. You know, the Board of Nursing's role is to protect the public. And uh, when these protections get diminished, that puts our patients at risk. So it's really important that we stand where we can and defend the practice of nursing and the safety of our patients as advocates, um, which is central to our role as nurses. So, I mean, initially, the idea of increasing the use of technology in our practice and making what they call nursing practice borderless um, really just gives the employer, and uh, nurses will find this word to be very familiar, ultimate flexibility, you know, to just really plug in a nurses and nurses and nurse, not just within their own state, but across the country and really just have the ultimate ability to just make the rules for what nursing practice means across the board. And Michelle, I would imagine that all states have different requirements and different regulations that they need to adhere to. And so one size fits all is certainly disturbing. Well, it is. I mean, there are some places where people have been able to keep in place uh, stronger protections for patients in general. And uh, the public and nurses should have a right to weigh in on those standards. And so it's really not just about having the strongest standards. It's about having the ones that the public weigh in on and having a process that is democratic and inclusive and the one that ultimately, you know, through that process results in the best patient protections. And some states have done better than others at putting those protections in place. States like California, states like Minnesota, they've really done a good job to keep those protections in place for our patients and really ultimately also for our nurses. So, you know, that we can't just eliminate the title of nurse and who gets to practice nursing and and, and how. So it's very important to uphold the strongest standards where we can. So I understand that there's 31 states that have already implemented the compact licensure legislation. Is that correct? That is. That's right. And of the remaining states, um, are they engaging in this legislation? Well, the National Council has a plan, and they do approach the legislature and the boards of nursing in the states where they are not yet compact, and they give their pitch as to why uh, it would benefit the industry primarily is the, is the main pitch that they put forth to legislature. And then, uh, of course, they, they try to also paint it, you know, to nurses and the state boards of nursing as like, you know, this is really the way of the future and there's no avoiding it. So they are making efforts. And where NNU nurses are encountering these fights, we recently did in Minnesota, provide testimony as to why we think that something that might sound good on the surface really isn't in the best interest of our practice or our patients. So we have to continually be vigilant, too, in the states where it's not yet there. That's one of the unspoken benefits of the borderless practice 
where they, they've got a very flexible temporary work pool to pull from to undermine nurses who are engaging in the very kinds of fights that are necessary to keep our patients safe. It's so disturbing to me that these things happen. I have to say they're very clever. They've gone by this, uh, you know, if you can't win the game, then just change the rules. And that's what they're doing is they're changing the rules so that they can control the profession and make it work the way they want it to. Absolutely. So fast forward to today, nurses continue to have great concerns about the motives behind compact licensure and about NCSBN. What are some of the concerns? We've mentioned some of them. Are there others out there I haven't mentioned? Well, I mean, I think the biggest one is once this entity controls the Nurse Practice Acts of the state, if you think about how that governs our practice, they can act in our scope of practice then uh, this entity in the future might have the power to change what it means to be a patient care provider, to create, to erode scope of practice, which is very important because we all know that our patients need a registered nurse there at the bedside with them to uh, give them the best care, constant vigilance and surveillance, and the ultimate uh, protection. So our patients do deserve registered nursing care. If they've changed the rules in such a way that they can make it so that more non-licensed personnel are now being able to do the job of a registered nurse or just really eroding the standards. We all know how hard we worked and how valuable the standards that we worked for to become nurses were. And now if those are gone, then are we really serving our patients? So we, we really need to protect our profession. I think that's one of the biggest dangers. Our scope of practice is central to what makes us registered nurses. And if that changes, then basically uh, the role of registered nurses is gone. How are nurses and National Nurses United and other organizations working to back this momentum up? And how are you going forward? And what would you like to see happen? Well, I think the first thing is for nurses to use their critical thinking skills to think about the nurse compact licensure not just from the perspective of, you know, a decreased regulatory burden. Um, Oftentimes, there are a lot of programs that are put forth saying, you know, well, it's less red tape, less cumbersome, it'll be easier for you. And I think that's the main thing. It's like we need to think beyond that, first of all, and, and understand what this entity really is, who is really behind it. And second is when we hear about the effort for the compact licensure in our own states, Uh, when you're monitoring, hopefully, the activities at the Board of Nursing, um, and that's one of the things that NNU does regularly, then weigh in and say, this is not what you want. So those are really the important things, just to say no. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us, Michelle? Well, definitely. I think, um, you know, nurses together, collectively, we have so much more power. And, um, you know, having the benefit of an organization like NNU, behind you and with you and all of our nurse members across the country, then when you're a part of that, we have so much more power to influence the future and shape of nursing and to bring it back to the people-oriented focus as opposed to the corporate profit-oriented focus. And that's really, um, I can't encourage nurses enough just to get engaged in the issues that are really central to our profession. And that's the primary role, you know, is that uh, NNU is the, the national voice for direct care nurse. You know, we see so much going on and, and nurses feel frustrated that 
this that the activities uh, of some professional associations don't seem to be really improving their daily life. But our number one job is to protect patients and advocate for the protections for nurses. And this is just one extension of that. So true. So, Michelle, thank you for your years of being a nurse, but I really want to thank you for your years of advocacy because it's so important for nurses to fight for each other and to fight for our patients. So thank you. I appreciate your work. Thank you. Thanks for listening. You can find more information about these topics at nursetalksite.com or nationalnursesunited.org. This podcast is powered by National Nurses United, the nation's largest union for registered nurses. 